Welcome to the Beer in a Movie podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. My name is Joe Hilliard. I'm here with two great guys. Carlos Cooper. And Dave Gurney. And no, no, two great guys. Where do they go? Oh, yeah. Jeez. What Man. happened? We, we had invited some good guests on this week. Sorry, folks. Pulling, you're pulling from the bench this week. <laughs> but hey, come on. We know something. We, we, we enjoy beer. We enjoy movies. And uh, we're, we're here to talk about a recent release, uh, one that should still be in theaters when uh, this episode drops. And uh, as we prepare for that, we're going to be getting some beer in our glasses. I can't think of a there more perfect pairing. You've done a great job well, this week, Mr. Gurney. Um, this beer that Carlos is getting open for us is called Murder on Drury Lane. And this is from Bombastic. I, I should say it's Bombastic Brewing, not Brewery. And they are out of Hayden, Ohio, Idaho. Sorry, almost said Ohio for some reason, but Hayden, Idaho, and we've just confirmed uh, prior to starting the recording here that this is our first beer from an Idaho brewery at all. Pretty cool. We are going to hit all 50 states before this journey is all said and done. (laughs) Idaho, welcome to the party. Did you give all the details about this? No, no. So this is an imperial stout. Right. It's got a badass. An imperial pastry stout. Yes, it doesn't say that on the can, but that is what it is, um, which we will find out momentarily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Imperial Pastry Stout, this comes in at 11%, and as it is described on the can, we're sticking with the winter stout theme here, it seems, the last couple of weeks. The weather's well, right, right Hey, it. we're in December now. We are, yeah. yeah. Um, this is an Imperial Stout with Dutch cocoa powder, Tahitian vanilla, my favorite kind of vanilla. If you're going to have vanilla, uh, Tahitian's the way to go. It is. Lactose and dozens of double chocolate muffins. Right. Double chocolate muffins. There is literally pastry in the stout. Right. And so, you know, I think the reference here that they're making is the uh, sort of famous uh, Muffin Man nursery rhyme, right? Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? Do you know the Muffin Man who lives on Drury Lane? Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Well... She's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! She's married to the Muffin Man. Double yeah. chocolate muffins added really straight into was the a brew. Man. Whatever was you... a muffin. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> oh, come on. That when, was never done. Whenever we, whenever you poured this thing, it came out thick and black like a uh, 11% stout might be, and... It, it it feels wow. that way. It's hefty as you pick up the glass. Yeah, there. yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's dense. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a ten weight forty on this thing. Um, I can't wait to dive into this. And I've never had a beer. I don't think brewed with muffins. We've had pizza and money, but no muffins. <laughs> pizza and money, no <laughs> right. Muffins. So we've had we've had donuts too. Yes, we've had donuts. We, and and I was underwhelmed by that one. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I recall. Yeah, uh, but but here we go with some muffins, and we'll see. The muffins may not fit this film that well, but the murder does. Now, why does murder? on Drury Lane perfectly pair with our film of this week. Well, the film this week is Ryan Johnson's new release, Knives Out, mm. uh, which is a murder mystery whodunit film that uh, follows in the footsteps of 
many uh, adaptations of Agatha Christie novels and, and other original uh, screenplays that have sure. taken this idea of there is a dead body and then there are many suspects and there is some detective or set of detectives at the center of the story trying to suss out who is responsible for this murder. Class- trying to suss out who done it. Classic. Yeah, vintage, dare I right. say. And, and, and in this case, setting it in the... Uh, um, milieu of a family, yeah, a, a wealthy very large family, family, very wealthy and large family, yeah. extended family here, right? Yeah. Um, I wa- I was watching a um, a little bit that Vanity Fair did with Jamie Lee Curtis, and it seemed by her account she was one of the last ones to come on. Um, she was describing it as like, you know, you get these scripts and they'll say like, oh, Daniel Craig is attached to this, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean he's going to do it. Right. That just means he's attached to it. Mm -hmm. But when they sent Jamie Lee Curtis a script, they were like, yeah, Daniel Craig is confirmed. Tony Collette is confirmed. Uh, Don Shannon is confirmed. Uh, Chris Evans confirmed. And she was like, all right, well, fuck, I guess I gotta do this. Um, Where do I sign up? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what a cast, right? And, I, cast. and I think that this is, um, we did a Last Jedi episode, didn't we? A what? Last Jedi? No, we, we didn't. We didn't that was, do that? That was before we started. Yeah, was that it? was right before we started. We did Solo. That's the only Star Wars film that we've done so oh, far. Oh, man. Well, uh, fuck Last Jedi, since we never <laughs> talked about it. And I, I think that I think that as far as Ryan Johnson goes, this is, thank God, him getting back into his wheelhouse and something that works for his particular kind of uh, style. And I think you're referring to Brick, his coming out party. Not just Brick, but yeah. Looper, Looper even. Yeah. yeah, Looper was another good kind of, I don't know if you would call it a detective story, but it's in the same vein. But Brick, obviously, yeah. is a triumph of modern indie cinema to take a, albeit somewhat dated genre genre like film noir uh-huh. and set it in modern times and make it and then make it work yeah. so well yeah. like and to where it's like you almost don't even, you know you wouldn't even question it brick is a wonder and if you haven't seen brick you should go see it yeah mm-hmm. so i think this knives out this kind of detective story this mystery story this more um i don't slight any director though that grew up on star wars trying to tackle a star wars well, well that's, no, I, no, I that's, feel, a, that's a different let's, thing that's let's a different table thing. the star wars stuff because no, no, no. i feel like that's a rabbit hole that is it. that is a rabbit hole and i i'm not knocking table him. star wars <laughs> i'm not knocking him for like trying it or whatever but i think that just the scope of that is so huge and the you know what it seems from at least what i've seen of him uh, which I think is more of his films than I haven't seen at this point because he hasn't done a ton. Uh, Brothers Bloom would be the uh, other that, that you haven't mentioned. I didn't I think. see that one, but it seems like something with a little more focus, mm-hmm. a little tighter, yeah. is more his kind of where he's. I don't know if it's where he's comfortable, but it's where he's very good. Well, I imagine. And so this is almost entirely in just a house yeah. with this very colorful cast of characters that all have their own motivations mm-hmm. for why they would have done this. And I thought, you know, and it was, it was kind of predictable when it started, but in the pre-show there was like, a, here's my assessment of the whodunit of Knives right. Out. And now don't get mad at me. I haven't seen it yet. And they just went through all the main, everyone's biggest guilty. Ones yeah, yeah. guilty, guilty. And here's why, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. so it's that kind of situation and he's good at it. He's really good at this kind of thing. And, 
I liked it way more than Last Jedi, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I but it was nice to see him uh, get back into a. It's not super indie, but an indie-er space than the massive budget of Star Wars, and certainly smaller storytelling than the Star Wars universe. Yes. Mm. Um, but shall we synopsize? <laughs> well, I mean, I you, you kind of have. I mean, it's you know, a, Christopher Plummer is the elder, family, right? Yes. Yeah, so you have Christopher Plummer playing the patriarch of this family. He's made a fortune writing writing novels. His son, mystery novels. Yeah, his son Michael Shannon is uh, attempted to um, manage the 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 book publishing end of it. Uh, Christopher Plummer famously does not want to sell. TV rights and film rights and would make a killing if he did so. That gives yeah. Michael Shannon some motivation to be upset with his dad. You've right. got uh, the uh, daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, and her... Forgive me if I get any plot point wrong, but it's it's a it's a little complicated to do uh-huh. from memory, having only seen it once. Yeah. And Don Johnson, Don Johnson's having an affair yes. on his daughter, and has written a wait wait wait, wait what whoa what? oh no an having an affair, affair against his daughter right yes right. I understand what you're saying now having I, an affair with someone else <laughs> yes and his daughter would be the victim of that affair yeah the the tragic victim of that the, affair. the cuckold yeah there you go yeah. the cuckolda. Is, uh, Jamie oh, Lee Curtis is, is Christopher Plummer's I thought, daughter. I thought you meant yes. Don Johnson's daughter. No, 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 that's what? that's what I. Yeah. Always that to the person gutter, exists. Carlos, in always the film. to the gutter. <laughs> I don't think that uh, person exists. And then it goes on and on and on. Each yeah. family member has a motive. Chris and, Evans' right, character, right? And Tony Collette's character is the widow of the son, yeah. another son but of her, Christopher Plummer. Her and Chris Evans are getting cut off. Right, right. For, in right. different ways, for different right. reasons. Yes. Cut off from this vast family fortune of which they have become accustomed to living their lifestyle. Yes. Uh, and then you've got a strange suicide where I'm going to slit my own throat. And uh, you've got your detectives, mm-hmm. and then they bring in... No, no that's, that's not even true. They don't bring in... He is hired anonymously, right. and, up, yeah. and that is uh, Daniel Craig. Right. Who is just freaking fun and awesome in so this movie? Good. I agree. I agree. And the, and the accent, yeah. his American Kentuckian, I think it's called accent, is <laughs> just so well, well done. If I do recall, I think so too. It's funny. I this, if anything, seems divisive about this film because it, it's getting pretty. Um, pretty high crit- and, critical and praise. Surprising mm-hmm. big box office its first weekend out at yeah, the time of this recording. recording Seventy million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Right, which is more than it was anticipated to make in right. that opening weekend. Right. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think it, to me, I put it in league with, and I and I know I sh- probably shouldn't even be mentioning uh, the name here, but Kevin Spacey with House of Lies or House of Cards. Sorry. House of Cards. Um, with his southern things, correct, right? And I remember initially actually kind of recoiling from his just because I knew him so well. Uh-huh. Without it, um, knew him and, so well, David. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe too well, right? Yeah. Oh no, uh, wow! No, no, not at all. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> but but this one, it, it, strangely enough, with Daniel Craig being a British actor yeah. and knowing him, famously, you know, British. obviously Bond, Bond right? Um, it didn't bother me at all, and I and I went right with it, and no. I, and I like the syrupy kind of yeah. uh, drawl of the of the thing. It was now, great. Now was I great. didn't see it, but just based on the previews, he showed us in Logan Lucky that he was had some Capable. fucking range, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, he really does deliver Guys, we, on we shouldn't classic Southern Gentleman uh, We shouldn't slight thing. or forget Cowboys versus Aliens. 
Oh, thank you so much. For, okay. Now, it sounds like we're unanimously at least enjoyed the film. Yes. Now, before we get too far into this, it, look, everyone has seen the title of this episode. You know what movies we're talking about. This isn't a spoiler. Um, but we're going to be talking about Clue in the second half. And there is a very interesting um, connection, uh, kind of almost, uh, what is it, six degrees of separation? Or is it nine? <laughs> Kevin well, Bacon six thing. degrees. Yeah, six, six, Kevin six, six. Yeah. Okay, well, it's only three in this one. But um, Ana de Armas, who is uh, Marta in this, his uh-huh. uh, his nurse, um, and is kind of the focal point of the story, at least in the detective portion, the trying to figure out who done it kind of thing. Um, she was in her, I think it was her first, if not mainstream, but first English language movie was Knock Knock, which was an Eli Roth movie starring Keanu Reeves, which Colleen Camp <laughs> which produced. Which no. Colleen, and, yes, Colleen really? Camp produced it, and she plays a vet the maid in Clue, which is yeah. the closest point of comparison that Knives Out has gotten. A Spanish so it's Latina. Very, it's very... Wow. I, found I, that, that, I, found I mean, very they do reference Clue directly in the film when yes. they say this house looks like it's out of Clue. I mean... A Clue board game. Clue yeah. board game. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. they do make that... Well, you bring up So that, shouts out Colin Camp. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up that nurse, and it's critical to bring her into the conversation. Because I mean, she is the plot of the film. She is the plot of the film. She is this uh, elderly father's... I guess most trusted and real relationship. She cares for him in yeah. a way where the other family members are sucking off of him. Uh, <laughs> God damn. You know, for being the most sucking off of him, not. S- y'all are, y'all are, I, I know the title of this episode ridiculous. is going to be sucking off of him. I just. Knives out, sucking off. <laughs> I, I, I tried so I tried so hard. If you Google sucking off, never mind. Don't do that. It's probably oh not a very good no, idea. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, don't do that. clean this up, please, Carlos, in the editing process. <laughs> However, she is uh, the only one who's who's there to care and and I guess love him in in, in a way. Yeah, and well, or interact with him in like a genuine way that's not about just using his resources right. for their betterment. So right? I, I yeah. think we should get like we we're going spoilers, right? Oh yeah, yeah. full spoilers. What the film does in its marketing, and and this film uh, at Alamo, where I see a majority of my movies, was marketed to me almost in. I don't care what genre, what rating. I saw a Knives Out trailer almost every single time I went to the theater. Yeah, and what I was expecting to see was almost a modern day version of Clue, uh, maybe less comedic. But you know, certainly more. No, pretty funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. This the movies. I, I would call it a comedy, almost more than anything else. But um, a whodunit comedy. But um, you find out pretty early on in the film what happened to him and who killed him, if or you will. Or do you? No, I, I think I think you. <laughs> I mean, s- or do you? <laughs> I, I. So it's a donut with a hole with another <laughs> hole. Another donut. Well, it, it, yeah, it's a donut with a hole, and that hole is filled by another donut that has another hole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, I thought that. I mean, that that was a very interesting. Because yeah, okay, so. Joe mentioned It's not going to be the end of the film. You find out who did it. You well, find yeah. out what happened in that room when he died pretty early on pretty in the film. Pretty early on, yeah. So, 
as 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 Joe mentioned, the marketing for this thing was all over yeah. our Alamo Draft House and probably most Draft House locations across the country. And, and I'm sure other theaters. other theaters. And I'm sure yeah. other theaters. Right. Maybe not with the. Uh, it got 70 million on its opening weekend. Yeah, for maybe a not as saturated, but definitely there was a good. There's a lot of press behind this. A, a good marketing campaign. Now, in the marketing campaign. The way the trailers present this film is that it is a story about Daniel Craig trying to figure out who killed this old man, and then of this cast uh, from this cast from of this characters. cast of characters, right. yeah. Uh, but as you mentioned, forty minutes in, mm-hmm. we get a full detailed account of what happened in that room, right? And I think that that is a stroke of genius, certainly in the storytelling because. That makes it even more unsettling than not knowing who it is because at that point you're like, okay, here's what I know about movies and here's what I know about their runtime. Here's what I know about the runtime of this movie. You're right. We are way too early in this for this to be the end. Where's the turn coming? Well, also that it's a death that... And there are turns coming. I'm sorry, David. There are turns coming. We find them. Right. And also that it's a death that we in no way as an audience are led to believe is one that should be punished. Yeah, it's because not malicious. It's, a, it's an accidental death yeah. and one that the the victim is totally complicit in the hiding of. Mm-hmm. He's insistent that it be hidden. Yeah, I was going to say, not just complicit, but... He's the mastermind. Dead set on I mean, he's a murder yeah. well, mystery he, author. He feels that he knows the best possible way to cover this up, and he directs her at, against her resistance... To do the things that she does to try to hide the crime, supposed crime mm-hmm. that she committed. Because there is another twist coming that only he knows at that moment. And that is a week before all of this happened. Yeah. And we should say, it's spoilers, there's a... He's changed his will. Some medicine has fallen. Some medicine, some morphine, and some... Uh, what's, the, what's the medicine for? The other medicine that switched. I don't remember. It's it is remember. knocked off of a of a board game that they play. Yeah. And she, they look like, very similar. And she accidentally injects him with 100 milligrams of the bad stuff instead of... of morphine. Three, yeah. yeah, which will kill him. So he knows he's got 10 minutes to live. He says, okay, if I have 10 minutes to live, and we don't know at that moment, and she certainly doesn't know that he had changed his will a week before, yeah. leaving everything to her. Yes, but if mm-hmm. she's in any way responsible for his death... That will be nullified. Nullified. There's a term that they use. Be, yeah. uh, slayer. The slayer clause. The slayer clause. Which, you know, rain and blood, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so um, then it's not just who done it. It's a will reading. And yeah. now we have to convince this girl to nullify the will renounce it yeah they so that we so can you're gonna renounce it you're gonna renounce the will to the family or we prove that she killed him and yeah. invoke the slayer rule the slayer clause yeah um, slayer rules better <laughs> yeah into every generation so, so again again born. it's twist upon twist <laughs> upon twist it keeps you guessing as opposed to the other films that it you've turns seen. and then it twists and then it turns the a, twist a donut inside of a donut yes yeah. whole uh it so yeah i this movie was so much Fun. It's to really watch. fucking fun. Yeah. It was so much fun to watch. And then the final twist, which we can and, give away or don't have to, it was so satisfying. It was. And, but you never I, roll your eyes and go, oh, God. The, okay, whatever. Okay, so I mentioned at the top of this that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was presented with the script and was like, oh, this person's confirmed. This person's confirmed. Yeah. You know, and freaked out and was uh-huh. like, this never happens. I need to do this. Well, when she was talking about it, she was like, 
all I needed was Michael Shannon. If I could just stand in a room with Michael uh, Shannon, I would have done it. He is but then ass. when all these other people are on it, and so like, you, you know, you're talking about a cast of just, and you know, even, even Don Johnson comes with it. Yeah. Like who's arguably the weakest link in the whole thing. Well, he's certainly a character actor um, at this stage in his career, but yes, all they're doing is playing characters. All yeah, they're doing is, yeah. he crushes it. Jamie Lee Curtis crushes Chris it. Chris Evans. Uh, uh yeah, Michael Shannon's probably the most somehow subtle of yeah. all of them. Almost right. under, well, underutilized I mean, for his specific set of skills. I mean, I yeah. think with him, all you need to do is put him on screen, and there's yeah. something a little menacing, menacing. and You're off about him. Correct. That you, I, th- I think Johnson knew that he could use him that way, yeah. and that, because you're right. I mean, other than that Don one Johnson? scene. Uh, Ryan Johnson, sorry. Thank you for clarifying. Um, th- I think that one scene in the hallway and like the back exit to the apartment, yeah. you know, is, yes. is where he actually does kind sure. of bring some oh, of that. Oh, I hated that. Yeah. Tapping it, in the apartment. it was icky. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but it's weird because he plays it kind of back. I mean, it isn't like he puts his arm on her or he does no. anything. Like It's just all about what he's saying and how he's saying it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's so, pretty intense. It's so interesting because he's, yeah, because we're watching a menacing character. It's, I mean, now that I'm really thinking about that, now that we you just brought this up, it's such a complicated and layered performance because Michael Shannon is tasked with playing somebody who is menacing but is trying to hide the menace. Yeah. So as an actor, how do you play somebody trying to hide something, unable to hide it, right. and thus playing that thing? While playing I mean, a pretty neutered character. Yeah, there's there's the just son, so... The, the son-father relationship. Yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. so much subtlety to that mm-hmm. uh, that I hadn't considered before just now. Yeah. That's really, I mean, he fucking kills it. And then... I mean, we've seen Tony Collette in a decent amount of stuff recently, and she's so funny in this one. Like, yeah, she plays. Yeah. She plays the. Um, oh, what was her, Zoe Deutsch's uh, name oh. in Zombieland? Uh, Madison. Oh, she plays the kind of airheady blonde. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, to I, a certain way more than no, we're used to seeing her. M- more of a new agey. Yeah. But yeah, Instagram uh, influencer kind of uh, version Valley of that. Valley girl but yeah, kind of voice. Yeah. Way different than what we're used to seeing Tony Collette yeah. as, I feel. At least no, kind of what it, I've seen her as. And she's, she's got so range, good. but yeah, she can, she can pull so it off. So good at know? it. And then the... Well, I'll get there. I'll get to that. Point. <laughs> you guys can go. Well, well I, I don't know if there's... I mean, there's a lot of substance to the plot and there's a lot of twists and turns and also watching tell me his character's name uh daniel Daniel craig's benoit blanc yeah you see him finding out oftentimes discovering things that we already know yeah, uh, because we've already seen what happens with the yes because we get the flashbacks and then we watch him yeah. make the connect all the dots that the we've already seen. Reasoning, yeah. The, right, the but, later you realize he's probably pieced a lot of it even before he's letting on. That's part of his yeah. process. And then, David, tell me if you want to uh, jump in before I go to the next plot twist, the final plot twist, and that is that Chris Evans is not the uh, nice guy hero figure that we think he is. He has been cut off from the will we learn er, b- early on at the dinner party uh, the night that the. 
And I wouldn't say nice guy. I mean, he definitely seems. Well, he knows. To, well, there's a moment right. there. He, I I know what you're saying. Like yeah. he he's he's sort of the distant one who he shows up late. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right. almost like 45 minutes into the film before yeah. you even see Chris Evans. His character is referenced a couple times, which and, is his character. And you do get like, I'm here for the money. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the world that, reading. Everybody dislikes him. You uh-huh. But then when he does show up, his name is he's, Ransom. <laughs> when he does show up, it seems like he's the. Um, the knight in silver armor who's there to uh, sort of rescue the damsel in distress, right? He, like, helps carry away... But not void of his own self-interest. Of course. Well, no. And, 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 but then, then it, right, again, initially seeming like, he's oh, he's to too much him. of a white knight. What's going on here? And then, but yeah, then when another he, like, pulls the twist, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is why he would uh-huh. do that. And yet it's even deeper than right, that. There's you another know, twist. So I, I thought yeah. that was really done nicely where it kind of fools you where for a moment you think you're smarter than the script and you're like oh yeah of course he would be manipulating her yeah. no he's like double manipulate he's like so, triple manipulate so the twist her. we're talking about is chris evans switched the medication so that when she the, would accidentally yeah. give him the morphine when Too she much thought it morphine, was the other right, drug right. and then give him not enough of the other drug when she thought it was morphine but she's so uh, it's such second nature to her that she's just feeling it and not really even paying attention. The and viscosity of the viscosity of the is different and the density is different. She picks up the right one and does it the right way, but the labels are switched, second guesses herself. That leads him into the panic. He slits his throat, whatever. What? And so, but Chris Evans doesn't know that she actually did it right because he hasn't seen the toxicology report because he's being blackmailed by another guy. And so, like, by another, by another, another woman, gal, sorry, yeah. uh, the, um, Edie the, Patterson, yeah, yeah the Marta. Who, who we haven't even mentioned, Not which Marta. I know she doesn't get uh, a whole lot of name? screen time. It's She's the maid. Yeah. But, I was trying to remember her name because Edie Patterson. Oh, the, the actual the character's, character's name. name. Yeah, um, I say it a few times. Um, and so, there's all these different layers of like this person crossed this person, Fran. This per- yeah, Fran, that's what it is. Um, and the whole thing twists and turns and unravels as it goes. And then, as if all of those twists weren't enough, Chris Evans goes to kill Marta because he knows that she actually didn't have a hand in his death and he did kill himself and she is going to get all the money. That There's this uh, Iron Throne-esque looking <laughs> structure in the thing. Grabs right. a knife, tries to stab her prop knife. Of all the knives that <laughs> appear to be real, he grabs the, the one prop, prop knife. knife. That yeah. was my only problem with the entire plot. Well, wait, do you, wait, wait, wait. But do you know those other ones are real? A lot of them look real. They look very real. And that they, one looked real. And that they could not recede into themselves because of shape know, you know, of, I mean, and size of handle versus blade. I mean, it's Hollywood. They make very realistic props. Sure. But uh, what an enjoyable film. So fun. I Exactly. So fun. So and, much fun. And Everyone's having fun on the screen. I believe that Ryan Johnson had a lot of fun writing it and figuring it out and moving his cards around on the corkboard. And it's and it's smart, too, in the way that it's written, in the way that it makes the twists and turns, and the way it leads you in different directions. And... I think I mean I think it would be hard for anyone to have predicted that ending. Yeah. Um, I mean maybe at a certain point you get to piecing stuff together, but I also found it interesting that <laughs> Ryan Johnson is making some political commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, this is very like Brickian in the way that it takes an old format and puts it in present day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. And part of that present day is that we have 
Mr. Fucking Alt Right MAGA ass looking kid over here. Yeah, Jacob, and, the and grandson have, yeah, of yeah, the, the son of Michael it. Shannon, Georgie, Georgie Dimbro, Georgie from 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 the It uh, franchise, duology, <laughs> duology, <laughs> whatever. I don't know the the two movies. Um, but and then on the flip side of that, you have um, she's the daughter of Meg. Uh, Wait, yeah, the. Are you talking about Holland's granddaughter, the Joni's daughter? Yeah, yeah. Joni's daughter. Yeah. Who's the SJW. And so right. you have both these sides represented. And then you have Don Johnson, the OK Boomer, who's like, come here, Marta, let's hear what you have to say about immigration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're brown, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's really hitting on all of these kind of stereotypes that we're all used to seeing. And I, th- it didn't need it, you know? Like, the plot didn't need that. But I found it interesting that it was. Yeah, but I thought there. it was done really well. Yeah, it wasn't. I, no, thought, like, I thought it was so too. So n- neither. But I mean, I, I, you you just you just it's mentioned real conversations. Those, and I, think I would have anybody who's listening no, who hasn't sure. anybody who's listening who hasn't seen the film. I think it's important to note that, like, yes, uh, you know, you do have the Jacob character who is supposedly an alt right uh, <laughs> message so. boarder. I don't yeah. know what it, you know like, but. You only really ever see him on his phone and everybody kind of talks about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's not like it's over the top and like right. he's saying really ridiculous things yeah. that are, you know. And the same with uh, with Meg. She's not like, yes, they make reference to the that she's studying uh, feminist theory at college and blah, blah, blah. They say she's getting a degree in being an SJW or something. Some SJW yes. studies or some quip like that. They're a little bit more nuanced than that. But yes, very close. The... the phrase sjw is used right but she never like comes across she's it's not that she is some kind of stereotype of a bleeding heart liberal who is kind of imposing this politically correct thing it's it's the way that other people talk about them that come out there and i thought that was actually really um i I don't know smart way of of doing this like it he didn't use caricatures he used the way that others perceived those people as caricatures, yeah. yeah, and they never actually performed that way. But I, and well, that, I, th- I thought that was actually in its own way a kind of commentary. It's like we want to reduce people to, oh, you're this thing, oh, you're that thing, and in fact, they don't really function that way. Like they're, they're doing their own things. Well, my my but, main point in bringing that up was that the story didn't need it. It could have been good without it, but sure. he didn't shy away from it. Well, no. certainly and I put a 2019 no, he said it stamp in our on moment. it yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, he did. And, and I, I think the, made the most political statement he was realistic. making, right, yes, the most political statement he was making was having Marta as the daughter of a um, Illegal undocumented yeah. uh, mother who... Who's from Brazil, Ecuador, <laughs> Paraguay, Uruguay, <laughs> everyone listening. Right, that's sort, of a, that's sort of a running joke in yeah. it is that nobody knows which South American country she's actually from. Yeah, they didn't um, like them all. Yes, but... I think she's Brazilian in reality. Uh, is that where, where they landed on? No, I, 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 no, I, think, even sure. I think the actress is Brazilian. Oh, An- Anna Darmus? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it, but the fact they were using that as leverage over her, right? That's the Michael Shannon scene right. that she's we were talking Cuban, about. So that the were she's Cuban, she's Cuban in in reality. Born in Cuba. Okay, um, and that uh, you you have like all these sort of again the Don Johnson scene where he's doing the like, oh, come here, tell me about like what what the immigrant life, you know, all of that. She did it right. Yeah, right. She you came in here legally. Yeah. yeah. The, 
all of that, um, I think, really played off nicely in this murder mystery context without being distracting, without the, yeah. but but offering, like, okay, if you're going to set this in this world of wealth with these sort of elites and then sort of trying to play it off of this other, um, you know, the help, which right. is a term that's used several times in the yeah. film. Um you know, th- this was a smart telling of that yeah. story. I mean, and, I thought so too. And one that really, you know, Anna de Armas comes off as one of the major, major characters in the film, along with Benoit Blanc, the, um, you know, Daniel Dan Craig, Craig character, character, that, you know, I just, it it was really nicely done. I think in, in terms of, you know, taking something that could be a very tired kind of storytelling, you know, the murder mystery, the whodunit, yeah. And putting it into a modern context, but also on top of that, bringing in great little characters, performance. Yeah. You know, I, I just think this film is a lot, one of those A lot where of meat for great actors to chew on, and they is, all did a great job. Right. Is this like, you know, mind-blowing filmmaking that's going to enjoy know, sort of blow your head off? No. Yeah. But is this something that's going to take, you know, sort of uh, that sort of broad entertainment yeah. and bring it to a level where you're going to feel really good yeah. and you're going to enjoy this thing? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think if, you, if you're if you willing to go there with it, and I'm somebody who's resistant to murder mysteries, to be honest. Oh, like, really? It's not been a genre that I've ever really felt that attached to with maybe well, a you couple don't, You don't get many of them. You don't anymore. There was a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this film makes reference to those. Did you see The Murder, She Wrote? Uh, yes. Right? Yeah, and certainly... When I mean, I-, I grew up in the era of Murder, She Wrote, and I grew up... Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I get it. Th- that, was, that was on television every week, right? Jessica Fletcher? That, that and we had thing. trouble finding a pair for this film. I, I had suggested if we wanted to touch Woody Allen, it would be Man- Manhattan Murder Mystery... <laughs> Uh, or maybe one so of wait, the... So wait, hold on. We're sucking off Christopher Plummer <laughs> and we're touching Woody Allen? Uh, what are you talking God. about, man? Did you know that Almost Joseph Gordon-Levitt had a cameo in Knives Out? Did you catch that? No. Joseph oh, as a voice, right? Just a voice no, cameo. it says he's a detective. Yeah, but it was a voice. It was. No, just, it was voice. I think it was like on a, uh, on a phone or something. Yeah. Do you know what my biggest gripe with this movie is? No Joseph Gordon-Levitt on screen. No, is that... You, you cast Ricky Lindholm, and she's not, like, really oh, used in she, anything. Yeah. And I, I, I like her. I think she's funny. I think... She is funny. And, and that I would... Underutilized. Well, but it was... Yeah. No, yeah, I mean... They put an actress in a part. You, hey, look. E, I, I felt the same way about Edie Patterson, honestly. Okay. I mean, I love her. I don't know if y'all watch uh, The Righteous familiar. Gemstones. Oh, no, or, I haven't seen it yet. Or uh, Vice Principals. No. Oh, man. Once you see those series, you're going to think... Holy moly! They could have done some amazing things with her. Yeah. She's she's Fran. She's the yeah the yeah yeah. I mean, she is capable of some really really strange performances. And yeah, I know. Anyway, it, you know something this rich? How are you gonna? Lakeith right. Stanfield. Okay, we haven't even yeah. mentioned him. He's incredible. Sorry to bother you. It was one of my favorite films amazing, last year. Yeah. And. You know, here he's good. It's not that he's doing. He but plays not, a part. He, play, he's, he plays is a part the straight in, man. In, he in, is in an ensemble. Man. He is there to play off of Daniel Craig's yeah. eccentricities and the, yeah. you know, which he's good at doing. Yeah, that's something you don't see is the ensemble piece like this. Where I mean, like you mentioned at the top of it, Jamie Lee Curtis just had. She read the script. Script looks great. Oh my God! Look at all these actors. I'm in. I right. mean, the, the, I, I think, think I think around. that Ryan Johnson with this film. 
a depart departing from the uh, Star Wars episode that he dipped his toe in the Star Wars world that he dipped his toe into. He's going to be a filmmaker that I think a lot of actors are going to really be excited about working with in and the I, future if the scripts are as strong as this brick well, and some yeah. of the other and ones. He, and he's even earlier. said that he's he's considering doing a film series where they will be different mystery cases that this Benoit Blanc character will... Oh, that'd be oh, on, on, I would on, that. On, yeah. I, I would like that because it'd be an original franchise. Yeah, I mean, and, and again... But, but, but the franchise strength will be what is the Ryan Johnson script... That, that, that well, and what with, and what cast yeah. is he able to bring in, right? Because you're not going to recycle these. You're gonna no. you're yeah. gonna bring in new faces. So and, we liked it. What you, what you can do, yeah. I I thought it was great. I th- I really, think it's uh, sort of general thought, entertainment that you're going to get at the theater. I don't I don't think you could do any better than this. I mean, honestly, good job. It's and it's fun and it's not fun in the way that Rampage was fun or mm-hmm. that something like that. <laughs> what you know? a weird example. To well, bring no, well, because there's different kinds. It's not a Fast and the Furious. No, it's, fun. Like, it's I have not. A ton it's not effects driven. This is performance no. and, and, and words. Yeah. This is script. It's, it's fun in a more elevated thoughtful level because yeah. oh, i love that fast and furious shit like you guys know i've talked about it before. oh we've like, talked I about like, it on the oh, podcast. Yeah, i like the big explosions and i think that is a fun trip to the theater but yeah. this is fun in a way that is exactly a, little, a that. little more intellectual yes exactly yeah. it's fun but it also gives you something to think about it gives you something to chew on and in that spirit what do you make of the nod at the end I, I guess you're gonna have to describe where Marta and Ransom secretly in cahoots the entire time, oh. because she gives him the nod as he's being put in the oh, police I, no, car. I think the and nod you don't is, mess with the nod. I think the nod is I bested you when you thought all along that you would best me. It's like because the one thing we haven't talked about is the shift now in class. Yeah, she yeah. is the lowly. They are the they are the well. <laughs> She yeah. is the lowly. They are the wealthy. Yeah. And, and she's now, drinking out of the my house. My oh room, yes, my no that the, I loved the I you know the one. Well, it's actually the second shot of the film. I think right because the first shot is you get that slow motion, the dogs running like yeah. from the you get this gothic mansion and the yeah. dogs running sort of in the yard uh-huh. barking, but then you cut to interior of the house and you have this mug that says my house. My rules, my, my rules, coffee. my coffee. Yeah. And it's such a cheesy kind of like you'd see it's it like on the shelf at Walmart. Mug. Yeah, right. right. It like doesn't it, go with the other it just, beautiful. It feels kind of, and I remember laughing when I saw just that image. Was it really and, loud? Probably, <laughs> probably. And, <laughs> and then, but then when you get to the end and it comes back and she's yeah. there holding that mug, drinking from it on the balcony of the house overlooking the driveway where then all of the uh, family is yeah. they're leaving all because, they're, because yeah. they're broke. And she's looking down right. at them. It's a very clear. It's a, beautiful beautiful that, visual statement that that might have been the worst shot of the film just because of how on the nose it was it was no but it's, it earned it it earned it did, it. It, it, did. Would, if, it would be one thing if it was just yeah no but i, I think it earned that i shot. think it did yeah. too but it, but it was the most on the nose thing that they did but yeah i was really hoping to drum up a conspiracy theory about the yeah. uh, oh that's about the nod because huh? you do not mess with the nod. The nod is serious uh, business. <laughs> and she gives, yeah, but the nod can mean, the, the nod can mean like 
I'm the winner. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm that, the one who got but he kind of not. If we're going to interpret the nod. Well, maybe it's just like, yeah, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to prison. Maybe, well, maybe you'll he's probably... getting a little the back end in his commissary. Maybe. Know. Who knows? You back know. end sucking off. Okay. Listen, uh, <laughs> let's talk about this beer. Right? Yeah. Mur- murder on Drury Lane. What do we think? Chocolate it's muffins. Our first, our first trip to Idaho, I'd never had a beer that had dozens of double chocolate muffins dropped into the brewing process. In every can. And what do you uh, think? No, probably not in every can. You said, you said very good. I said it's so good. Everyone was talking over me when I said it, but I'll say it again. Say it, it is so good. Very delicious, and I agree. It is. It's got the mouthfeel. It does. It's, it's got It's got the chocolate, beautiful. but it's not super in your face. Mm. Um, it tastes like chocolate in an imperial stout should. You know when yeah. you go to a fine restaurant and the and the and the desserts are very frou frou and there's a creme brulee and there's a tiramisu but they have that double chocolate cake. The really dark one with the ganache on top. Yes, yeah. that's the beer version of yeah. this. Of that, this is the beer version of that cake. I know exactly, and it is so well because done. because it is. I mean, you know, we've had a we've had some pastry stouts I think on the show before, but also just in our everyday lives yeah. and they can get and you're a fan i love them yeah. but some of them uh especially from ingenious which i'm also a fan of can get very very sweet um but this one is more on the dark chocolate yeah like we're, yeah we're we're, right. in, we're in like the 85 percent cacao cacao Bitter. range you know yeah. um and, I, and it makes it it's perfect in the it's style some of the top 11 beers we've ever had <laughs> <laughs> No, this L- is, I listen would say, to the prior episode if would, you want to get that. I, I, I would say this is definitely up there for me in beers yeah, we've had, at, delicious. at least in stouts we've had, because I all and, of it is and bombastic. So where you been all my life? Yeah, all yeah. of it's so well balanced. Idaho way to represent, right? No, it, it, I this, gotta say I've been to Idaho once. I did not enjoy it, but bombastic spring. You want to go back, oh, right? Now, now that you know, Hayden's going to be your next uh, stop when you're in Idaho. Is that where it is? Yeah, Hayden. where is that? It, I have no idea, you but it is. It's not a huge. Not, not a huge very, place. Uh, Fifteen thousand people. Haley, did you get Haley? This? Did not you Hayden? Haley. Oh shoot, David. People right. want to know. Did... Sausage Brewery in Haley, Idaho, for bombastic. Oh. Did you get this beer from unnamed uh, beer delivery service that hasn't sponsored us? Yes, mm. yes, you're right. They're stupid not oh, to. They really are. They'll probably go out of business soon because they didn't sponsor us. Well, hey, but <laughs> <laughs> David's like no. <laughs> Please keep the beer coming. Yeah, um, d- definitely one that I. But you're reducing your cellar, David. Yeah, well, okay. but that's yeah, no. Willing, but I'm re- willing it. I'm he's reducing the cellar. I want new stuff. Yeah. I got you. I want to get. I want it the, coming in as soon as it's going out. Get through the old stuff. And if so, that yeah. Idaho-based uh, bombastic is any indication of the beers that you can get from Idaho, I am so excited we visited there. Bombastic, we love you. All right, yes, that was delicious. Good, good job. And when we come back, we, we got more murder mystery. More murder mystery. A classic whodunit. Well, I mean, that's classic by some people's estimation. Uh oh. Whoa, that looks like there's going to be better some stay tuned. Uh, hot debate in the second half coming up. So we are we are going to talk about 
Um, a cult classic. Whether you say it's good or bad, I would say a somewhat iconic '80s whodunit. Iconic certainly. now, but but one that and and I put a qualifier on it before we went into the break, only because this film was sort of a flop Boys, at the time. So is the thing. My glass is dry and needs to be yeah. moistened. All right. So, and Joe, as as we get into the dampening of Joe's glass, <laughs> dampen it. We have to dampen, dampen it immediately. Glass. So, uh, we, so what we have is we have a beer from Forefathers Brewing. That's uh, for like the number four, uh, the Raspberry Heavy Hitter. This is a Belgian style Imperial Stout with raspberry. It is a certified independent craft beer, as always on our show. Um, and I don't know that we can say as always. Not We've as had always. PBR. Not, yeah. Not yet. Not yeah, as always. We but had as, Coors Banquet for Smokey and the Bandit. Let's be and, real. And uh, David, SOS, yeah. this doesn't have an ABV on it. Oh, good question. Okay, I will. Uh, I just had this up here. It is, well, they're calling it an Imperial. It's 9.3. So, okay. Carlos, this may not feel Imperial to you, but to the rest of us, yes. Belgian. Say it again. Belgian style Imperial Stout, which uh, what, I am not familiar with. What the hell with. does that mean? I could well, not tell you. It means oh, that they are using Belgian yeast. And Belgian yeast, as you should probably know, when we talk about Belgian beer, it's often about the yeast. And that usually means that it's a yeast that's going to put off more of a fruity, estery kind of quality on its own. Um, it can also mean some other things too, because obviously there's a tradition of wild fermentation coming out of Belgium and there are, uh, um, there are even some Belgian lagers, but generally when we talk about Belgian style, we're talking about yeast that tend to be a little bit sort of fruitier in their own characteristics. Now, the no, oh, I'm getting a lot of fruit on the nose. Yeah, on, it's a beautiful, it's yeah. a beautiful pour. I'm going to yeah. post a picture on our Instagram right now in a meta sort of way. Right. So if you're listening to this, you may have already seen this picture just a couple weeks ago. But um, nonetheless, we're going to we're gonna drink this heavy hitter while we're talking about a film that, for, for many, is a heavy hitter. Yeah. But in its time, was actually sort of a box office Flop. disappointment. Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given the kind of pedigree it was coming out of here. This is Clue, right? Um, yes. A film which... It is sort of interesting for a lot of reasons. One being that it is one of the first films that was really based on something other than an adaptation of a novel or an original screenplay. It was an adaptation of a board game. Yes. Um, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Um, and, you know, nowadays where we have, you know, uh, video game-based films and, well, and I guess the Jumanji series at this point, yeah, which was sort of a well. fictional board game. Transformers was, Toys. Um, yes. Wait. A fictional board game. Was Jumanji a board game before the original Jumanji? No. I don't think it was. No. Okay. That was made yeah. up for the movie. Right. Interesting. Um, but the, but the idea of it, you know, and the Jumanji fan you are, Carlos. Yeah. Well, I like the new ones, but the Robin Williams one was made before I was born. I think. Uh, probably right around the time you were born. Yeah. Let's find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyhow, th- this being, I think, probably the first instance of taking a board game as the. Uh, origin mm, point for a film. Uh, I was three when the why first weren't you at the theater? Came. Come on, I have no you idea. should have been there opening night. <laughs> I know this Robin Williams guy's got a great new flick. He's gonna do Flubber soon, and I'm gonna love it. <laughs> um, but but also, you know, a film that was you know as, as much as that may seem like uh, very impoverished means for for a film, John Landis 
at the height of his powers in many ways, um, shepherding this project, originally something that was going to be directed by him. And for those who don't know, John Landis, uh, you know, very sort of uh, celebrated for the film Animal House, but also yes. Blues Brothers, American Werewolf uh, in London, London. Uh, t- Trading Places. Do you know if I'm correct about this, but American Werewolf in London was the film that made the Academy add special effects makeup as... Oh, I don't know that. An Oscar category? That make... I don't know, is it? I heard that somewhere huh. recently. We'll have to look into that. Um, but Animal, a, a Blues great Brothers film. Brothers classic, though. Yeah, I mean, many classics. And was going to make this, well, and then after this, you know, made made some others. Yeah. But, but then it got tied up because by the time the script was developed, um, he was already attached to Spies Like Us. Okay. With uh, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. And, uh, that was and good a movie. N- no, I, th- I think actually Clue is the superior movie out of those two. I agree. I, I would agree with that. But um, but anyhow, had committed to that, was doing it, and went on to make Three Amigos and, and Coming to America and some other great films um, you know, later. But you know, really kind of in this period of his career where it seemed like he could don't, do no wrong and was just making these incredible comedy hits one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so here you come in the 1980s, this, uh, you know, director who, who seems to have a great track record, wants to make this board game into a film and is trying to find the right screenwriters and actually lands this guy, Jonathan Lynn, um, to do it, who, who had been sort of successful in UK television, actually a B- BBC series, um, and brings him in to adapt the idea of a murder mystery board game. To the big screen. Yeah, you've got your characters already known. You know what the names of the characters are going to be. You know, it's going to be in a mansion of some kind that has all these rooms. You know, there's going to be a rope and a pipe and a gun and a, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's ripe for it's, making a fun film. And they try to, and they, I guess many people believe, that they make a fun adaptation of a game we all played growing up. I right. think that they were successful. I think that... What this and you know I can't really speak to it because I haven't done a lot of reading, dude. Um, and I don't know a ton about the context of which it was released and the way people thought about it at the time and things like that. But I think that this has to suffer from being slightly ahead of its time in that it any box office failure was just. I don't think whatever I don't think, it was. I don't think any because like Gili was not ahead of its time, and that was the box office. <laughs> no, I'm saying that in the context of Clue, box office failure was that it was ahead of its time, and the audience did not connect with it at that moment, but has since yeah. caught up to. Yeah, I just don't think that maybe in what was it 1984 uh, when it actually came out. Yeah, um, it was in 85. 85. Okay, yeah. oh, so close. Yeah. Um, that people at that time we were almost awesome. were ready for something kind of outside of the box like this because it is kind of outside of the box like it is like in a way i mean i mean you're watching to a certain extent a board game be set up like you watch these people unwrap their like gifts and they have the weapons that are like you know it's it's hard to adapt a board game and i think the way they do it is very clever but i think the restrictions of like trying to make a board game um recognizable within a film created some limitations that 
maybe people weren't receptive to at the time, but I think now can be recognized as being very clever. It, mm. it suffers, I think. And the ending, too. Obviously. As the second half of a Knives Out episode, imagine if Ryan Johnson said, I'm going to make a movie about Clue, and this movie did not exist. You're going to see a smart script with com- comedic elements and great casting. And in this case, it was decent casting. These are all characters. Great, great casting. Hold, hold, hold casting. on, hold on. I'm putting it in context. There are, these are no context. I will fight. Tim, hold on, Tim Curry, <laughs> famous for Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show, yeah. But if you're not, a, that's a non-mainstream film. Martin Mull, you know. I mean, we're not talking about the Chris Evans of the day. He wasn't on Hollywood Square. No, Christopher yes. Lloyd, so, no, this, star this was... of Taxi. I mean, you know, these aren't the biggest names. Hold on, we no, know no, them no. now. Back to the Future happened yes. after the fact. We know them now. That's what I was going to say. At the time, this is not. Strong casting, not now, yet. Bernadette Peters again, slightly no. ahead of its time, maybe. Madeline no, not Kahn, Ber- not Bernadette Madeline Kahn, yes, yes. Madeline <laughs> Kahn, I'm completely. Yes. She yes. was fantastic, but uh, who you know, Professor? Uh, I said Christopher Lloyd already. Who was Mr. Colonel Musker? That was Martin, Martin, Martin Mull. Who was the other male character? I didn't even know that guy. Michael McKean. No, no, no. Um, the guy that plays FBI agent. Oh, Howard Hessman. Yeah. I, Anyway, anyway, anyway. But no, jo- no, Dr. Johnny Fever? No, you know, no, you're right, oh, though. Come because on. B-level at his no, best at that time. I'm no. sorry. He was I, not leading I, films I the can't. way Chris Evans or Michael Shannon no, does. I, I will agree Michael with you. Michael Shannon led These, a film? This is a... That one no. about the tornadoes. Well, tornadoes. yeah. Tornadoes? Twister was no, Dennis Quaid, right? No, that was Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. <laughs> Fuck. Listen, I, I agree with you that uh, Knives Out has a little bit more star power. A yeah. little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more star power. power. And script well, power. I don't, and... I don't know about script power. Um, oh, dude. Then, then I mean, it's a, it is a better script, but I don't know if it's discernible. Let's, let, okay. Sorry. The David. comparison can end now. I'm yes. just saying that compared to Knives Out, this is a yeah, you know, weaker no, film. I... W- I don't know. I mean, I think it's <laughs> a different. I think it's a different. No, I think it's a different kind of film. I think yeah. okay. So Knives Out, I think, is a very funny. We talked about how it was sure. a comedy sure. in, of sorts. It's a very funny murder mystery. I think Clue is almost like a satire of or or parody of murder mysteries. Actually, parody would probably be better. Where yes, it is a murder mystery, but it's also kind of doing things that sort of poke fun at the idea of the murder mystery film and. In in part, I think the, the very premise here, and we haven't really, I, I think we've made kind of oblique reference to it, but we haven't said it directly. This film was released with three different endings. Yes, it was. Fuck yeah, it was. I mean, the version that you can see now, on if, video if you were to whatever. stream it yeah. on Amazon Prime or, you know, what, whatever you were, um, you would be seeing a succession of three different endings. It might have been this. Oh, it might have been this. It might have been this. When it was actually released... In the theater. The concept was, we're going to pick one of these endings, show you that print as an audience. If you want to see the other one, you go to a different theater and you see it there. Really? Yeah. Yes. That's yes. fucking brilliant. Well, you'd think, right? And Landis, this was like his idea was like, oh, it'll maximize box office. because, yeah. And he wanted to put out four. There was actually a, a fourth, fourth ending that they had written, yeah. the, the, but that they didn't agreed film. They, yeah, no, the, the director, Jonathan Lynn, ultimately said, I don't like that ending. I'm not okay. even going to film it. But No, no, I filmed it. I'm not going to release it. 
Was that right? Yeah. I thought it was during production they decided. Yeah. Anyway, the, the point being that they were going to put out four different versions. Eventually, you're going to go to the movie theater they and you're going to see one different. of three You would see things, one. Right. You would like it so much. That's, that's you'll amazing. Go back, you'll go back and see the other because yeah. you get the chance to see one right. of the alternate ends. And you're only yeah. going to do that if the guts of the film, the first... Yeah. I mean, 80, 85 minutes are right. worth seeing three times. Right. In um, 2002, I think Blink 182 did that with an album. They put out a, <laughs> they put out an album, and there with were the three, different there final tracks. Well, there something? were three different versions that had. There were six bonus tracks total. Three different versions with two bonus tracks each. Oh wow! So you had to buy, you had to the buy CD it three or... times. And get the right CD each time because you didn't know before you opened it what wow. it was going to be. It's like a crackerjack prize. Yeah, kind of. Um, which I'm sure that boosted their album sales quite a bit because they were pretty good bonus tracks. Um, that's man, that's such a fucking good idea. It's a really interesting I, idea. If if I were if if I had been around when that movie came out, I would have been the person to go to each theater. To well, see I feel like I, I I agree. I feel like if it was marketed now correctly, I would probably get into it too. I was oh, a little yeah. too young to really appreciate it. I didn't see this My until a little bit later yet, so. on cable. So, the, you know, this is probably something that I was seeing circa 88, 89 on HBO or something like that. But Carlos... But... So I didn't even know that it had been released that way with the three separate right. endings all if separated. If you catch it on VHS, it's a whole different presentation. Right. I didn't but know it now. You said that it's wor- the first 85 minutes are worth it. This is a cult. Okay, so, yo, I'm sorry. You said, or David, maybe you said it flopped at the, bof- at the box office. And as... And as um, Boffs. At the, at the Bafo office, the Bosco. it was Bafo at the Bosco. Uh, it did not make a lot of money. It was not great, well received at the theater, right? And it has achieved cult status in its successive yes releases. Right. I never got it. I've never enjoyed it, and Still I'm not the day. right person to review it because for me, the first 85 minutes are not worth seeing this movie really? three times in a row. I do not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't since I saw it in the theater when it came out. Wow. Because, oh, you know, I'm the oldest guy in the room. Yeah. Bing, no, but I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, I, I'm impressed that you got to see it when it was I, in the I, theater. I did. I, How I, old were you when it came out? Uh, it came out in 84? 85. 13. Okay. Yeah, okay. right in the sweet spot, right in the silly, silly slapstick comedy, a little bit of sex, a little bit of sexy talk, but no nudity, obviously. Right. It, it was just, close. <laughs> it just did not do Do you remember which ending you saw? I thought about that today, and I do not. Oh. Um, I watched it again for-, for I liked- in, in prep for the episode, but I did not remember. That's the one I saw in the theater. I mean, yeah. like, it, it made that little impression on me. Uh, I was involved in a very successful for a time here in town uh, alternative movie theater experience. You guys probably the know Indian what I'm talking about. Theater. Right in. Yeah. Oh, right in. And yeah. uh, I always fought against Clue because I never got the draw did y'all ever show of Clue? it. Yeah, they did it. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. Uh, I never got the draw of it. It was. Mm-hmm. It just. It's just not a movie that ever connected with me. One of and the... watching it again this time, I was like, okay, this time. New experience. I was at the write-in, yeah. uh, the, the alternative movie experience here in town. Not I, anymore. I, right. I, I got a story for you all after this. <laughs> here. Um, I thought 
this time Clue will hit for me. I like Tim Curry. I mean, he's a talented Tim guy. He's I like, great. yeah. I mean, all all of those actors. Mold, now, I, I said oh, that God. earlier. Now you you appreciate uh, Christopher Lloyd because that's fucking Doctor Brown, and now you appreciate Martin Mole because you know all all of his accomplishments, but. Now, Clue, Clue never hit it for me, and it still doesn't. One thing that I really like about it... I wish it did. No, it's okay. I wish it did, because I'd love to have that joy, that glee, and then the cult experience of that film. But yeah, I to get, me, I it's mean, just it just falls short of good comedy. And I respect that. Different strokes for different folks. That's true. Um, when I was watching this, it is very cool, mm-hmm. very hip, as the kids would say. Uh, that it was released with three different endings in different theaters and all that kind of stuff, and I love that. Like, I love a good marketing cam- <laughs> campaign right. and doing something creative with the rollout and making it special in a way that other things don't do. Love that. But one thing I will say about watching it the way that I did, which is where you see all of them in, like, a certain order, uh-huh. is when the first ending happens, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, I should have seen that coming. And then it was like, but what if? And then it shows the second one, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and then I was watching that one. And I was like, I don't know if I buy this one as much, but fuck, I don't know. I guess I, I guess that could be it. And then it was like, but what really happened? And it just kept fucking me up because every time the ending happened, I was like, yeah, I could totally buy it. <laughs> you know, like I, I could totally resign myself to being like, okay, maybe I missed something, or yes, this seems right. The first one, the one where Yvette is behind most of it, yeah, is the one that I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I. You're right. I didn't. I didn't see her for a lot of that stuff. You know, whatever. Um, but then one of the things I liked about it even more was the actual ending. Is like everyone's an asshole <laughs> and everyone <laughs> is fucked up. And I liked that one. The I mean, it was it was the most interesting of all of them. It was the most compelling, and it was it had the most like to say about stuff. Is that anybody given a stressful enough situation can succumb to their most nefarious instincts. Yeah. And I thought thought that was really interesting. And I mean, especially, I mean, I don't know how, you know, obviously not to take any jabs at you, Joe, but I don't know how you can watch, I don't know how you can watch Tim Curry at the end explaining everything. And when people are like, are you gonna say this? No. It's so hammy. And it's so it's over the so top. It's just but it's fun. I was in a conversation with someone that's similarly similarly aged as myself, and they said, "You're yeah, super old." And Ding. they and they said, uh, I, "I I when Better Off Dead became this cult thing, I never could get behind that. I never could understand it." Now that's a movie for me. I hope we talk about someday. I love Better I Off Dead. I also love to talk about I love that. Better love Off Jones. Dead. But the idea that you, person I'm talking about in this story, didn't find that funny means that it just didn't hit you right. Yeah. And yeah. Clue never did for me. And I can't explain why. I can't tell. It's not bad performances. It's not... I get the slapstick. I get it. I totally get it. I see the joke. I see the joke. The joke doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. I, I don't know that I ever laughed out loud either. I I think I but did. But I had fun. And honestly, re-watching it, I think that I found even more to laugh at. Because it's really, I don't know, from, from my perspective, it's really clever dialogue. There are some great little lines in there that are, are almost, you're right. they feel are. like 
almost throwaway lines. Um, you know, there's the oh God. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but there's a great exchange between Martin Mull and Tim Curry, where you know Tim Curry's saying like, "I wouldn't try to fool a man as you know dumb as you or something." And, he, and I mean, there's just these great little like throwaway exchanges that you can tell some really great comedy writing was going on there and and they're performed and they're delivered really well or maybe even comedic performers at a table read fleshing out maybe yeah you know to me so you know part of it is michael mckeon in my lifetime has only risen in my estimation of him completely you know as a kid seeing this it may have been one of the first times i'd seen him in an on-screen role but since then he had been in laverne and shirley well yes right you're right right. lenny and squiggy yeah no i mean i mean so i probably had some awareness of him but seeing him in this but since then, seeing him in Spinal Tap, seeing him in Better Call Saul, oh, yeah. seeing him in he's all fantastic these, fantastic in Better like, Call Saul. He's just great. Martin Mull is fantastic. You're right. I mean, Fernwood Tonight and all the stuff that he's done before and after this, he's just so great. The um, Tim Curry, which I had never, I had not seen Rocky Horror Picture Show at this point when right. I saw this film initially, gaining appreciation for him over time. So all of these performers, as much as we were saying Fantastic they were kind of like B level act, yeah. like honestly, they're some of the best character actors you're ever going to have assembled in a film like this. And seeing them all kind of working with what I think is p- some pretty rich dialogue, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. watching this again. I'm, I'm after, not going to take that away from you. Yeah. After many years, I'm glad you I was surprised at how fun and crackling and tight. I mean, this yeah. is it's a tight like film. you said. This is, hour this is a ninety something minute, right? Yeah, it's I like mean, an hour thirty five. And and think about it. If you trimmed off two of those endings, I mean, this is under ninety minutes. Yeah. When you were seeing this in theaters, this thing just to me is an exercise in kind of efficiency where you're, okay, just give me what I need, get me to the point where, you know, enough murders have happened and I can solve the crimes. Beautiful. Loved it. You know, I think that if this film maybe suffers from anything is that there isn't a really strong leading actor to anchor it. Maybe. To me, that was Curry. To me, to I, me it was Curry, supposed to be watching Curry. it. Watching it again, I think Tim. I agree with you. Yeah, and I, I do agree that Curry serves as that, and I think that he does a great job as that. And I think the film really works. But as we were talking about it just now, and you know, David said an as- assembly of some of the best character sure. actors of the time. I'm speaking more in terms of its initial reception and its initial box office mm-hmm. uh, numbers that maybe if there, oh, yeah. if there had been a bigger, Un- more marquee name to anchor the thing, and that you know, it would have been a hit from the start. The, the Probably the... Well, there were a couple, right? Because a hit to us now. Absolutely. Well, but... And and he was actually probably as popular then as he is now. I mean, that's I know. probably... But, more. but you know what? Pennywise since then. I mean... Well, that's... That, yeah, that's true. But listen, Carrie Fisher was supposed to be yeah. uh, Miss Scarlet, who, oh. who was Leslie and Warren. She would have probably brought a little bit yeah. more attention yeah. to it. But you, I understand. I from a mar- that. From Do a you marketing know- standpoint... If you had been able to pull in somebody yeah. who had a little bit more notoriety, if you had a Don Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> well then, yeah, Miami Vice. That Tri- been... Trivia: Do you know who they wanted for the Tim Curry role but rejected ultimately because he wasn't well known enough in the states? Mm-mm. 
Rowan, it, Rowan oh, Atkinson. Yeah, from Black Adder and then oh, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Mr. Bean. so funny. That would have yeah. been fun. I like Tim Curry I, better. Tim Curry like was, a, role, was a better known name. Of yeah. Tim Curry is better for that role. And, and, but the and, hypothetical version with Rowan Atkinson that is fun. funny yeah. to think about. Tim Curry in your in your piece equals potential cult success yeah i yeah. mean truly it's it, i mean i think it's helped that y- yeah. you know the other things we haven't even really mentioned but mr body being played by lee ving who is probably more obscure than than you, any of them yeah, you're right but i don't know who that is it, oh come on you call yourself a punk come on he was the, he was the lead singer of fear uh, I never got into that band. Oh, I'm aware of them, but I don't get know yourself well. back to uh, your LA punk. Uh, you should go visit yeah. a good record store and find some of them. <laughs> music. Sorry, Harry. Um, but Lee Ving, who in actually had a pretty decent career as an actor in the '80s into the '90s, um, is fun. Jane Weedlin as the singing telegram girl. Yeah, um, th- that's a fun cameo. You know Jane Weedlin, right? I don't know. Really? Education. The Go Go's man. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh come on! Wow. I mean, I know the Go Go's, but I don't know them enough to know them by All name. Right. I don't know the names of the Go Go's. Belinda Carlisle. I mean, I mean, anyway. Okay, so the, but you have some like cool like little music. Uh, pop music cameos we're, in there. We're being schooled right now. Well, no, this is <laughs> no, just I, no, sit I, back and enjoy it. This no, is, I appreciate This is it. my like new wave punk geekery that I'm, you know, I, yeah, I that, can't help but love that this film yeah, has. It the, is a weird And I streak. didn't even, I didn't know that, you know, I knew the Go-Go's music at yeah. the time, I guess. But that but, is a weird streak through this film if you consider the casting of it. There are some, yeah, you're right. There are some odd rock punk influences here. Yeah. Uh, the pick of Curry... Mm-hmm. Tim Curry, and then you know uh, these. At the time, remember, at the time, the almost subversive comedic elements. Mm-hmm. Martin Mull, Johnny yeah. Fever, you know. Yeah. No. I respect other... the film, and I'm so glad that people enjoy this film. And when people talk about the cult, like how much they love this film, and they want to do a quote along, and you're going to see this film yeah. at Alamo Draft House from time to time. Yeah. Because it sure. is so popular from in that vein, it just never hit home with me. One of um, the first people that came in to my record store, mm-hmm. who I had never met before, because obviously, like the most of the first people that came in, I knew, but the first person that came in who I'd never met before, who would then go on to become a, at least a semi regular, came in and was like, "Hey, are you guys going to get that Clue soundtrack?" <laughs> and, uh, really? Yeah. Was that a, a record store day release that no, year? No, but oh. it just so happened that when I opened was right around the time, within like maybe three months or so, that Mondo was releasing the Clue soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And when they did it, they had a color variant for like six of the main people. Yeah. Okay. Um. So a uh, Colonel Mustard and right, this, uh, right, and right. Scarlet. I saw those yeah. today in some research. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, post those on social media. It's good I, stuff. I mean, Mondo's is. I mean, they kind of suck dicks when it comes to being a retailer. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Well, because they'll only ever send me the... They'll advertise all of the special colored edition ones or whatever, but they'll only send retailers the black vinyl variants, which is all is, fine and dandy. Is that right? But then people come in looking for... Because they only the, sell those the, online? Yeah, looking oh. for the cheese pizza colored oh, one for Home Alone. They're sucking you off, dude. They're sucking and, you off. <laughs> come on, Mondo. And, I know, and they... And they screw Help us. out those independent retailers. But, uh, yeah, they don't like us very much, apparently. Um, but So I just got the black ones. But the guy, you know, he came in and he bought the record or whatever, and he's been coming back once a month for the last four years ever since. Um, 
And I, at the time, was very confused <laughs> by his passion for this movie because I'd never seen it. Uh-huh. I literally just saw it for the first time last night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. Uh, it does have that cult thing yeah. to it. And, yeah. Do you have the better off soundtrack in the store? You know, that was actually given to me as a gift um, on opening day by um, our former co-host, Ethan yeah. Thompson's yeah. Uh, neighbor, uh, Carrie Parrott, uh, Joel and Carrie. Um, Very meta. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they had come with some people from... Uh, Fudge, their Fudge. their church to help me like put together some of the furniture and stuff that's ah. in there now and joel and carrie i mean carrie specifically knew i was a big john cusack fan and so she gave me that wow. soundtrack wow. i still have not seen the film really um, i know oh, i know wow. joe just spit, spit my beer out. <laughs> you haven't seen better off dead oh. i haven't seen it now well we'll definitely have to do a okay. Cusack episode. it'll come here. up it'll come up oh. well i'm glad you enjoyed it i it's definitely one that you know i sorry to be the, wet, sorry to be the wet blanket well guys. and that's okay you know the, we can't all agree all the time we did agree on knives out we all enjoyed yeah. that one we we think you should go check that out clue for those who are already indoctrinated you know, you know what you're getting into. You know. For those who haven't, I think it's worth at least checking I agree. out. I yeah. agree. You should watch it. It, it, um, it should be in your vocabulary. Is this one here, the heavy, heavy hitter, hitter, is this worth checking out? Well, I was super curious at the beginning. The Belgian style was uh, imperial style. The, the Belgian style was what... Belgian got, and style don't, you don't see together often. Yeah, and Carlos, you had said that you never tasted uh, Belgian style imperial style. I, I enjoyed this very much. I like it. I think that the is it in your top twelve? <laughs> we keep going here. We keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, maybe when you, when you incorporate the raspberries. I think the fruitiness yeah. of the Belgian yeast is that kind of complements yeah, that. You're right. There, there's something nice going on there. Um, I, I yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm impressed by this. I'm definitely excited to try more uh, forefathers at, at some point. I hope that we can. I think that you're right, David. It's something about the fruit and that Belgian style that 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 make this special. Yeah. That uh, and I'll have to do some research into the the Belgian style stout. Yeah. Uh, to to learn more about it, but as a first, I'll go down this road every single time. Yeah. Carlos, your feelings. <laughs> well, yeah. I was waiting for someone to ask. Um, you I, you were just watching me bullshit. No, it's just I was just waiting for someone to ask. <laughs> that was it. Um, God, I, I love this beer. It's really oh, good. Wow. I it's really, really, good. really like it. I mean, just like I enjoy a fresh take on a familiar genre of film, such as Ooh. Brick with the film noir, nice or tie-in. even Knives Out with the Who Done It. I very much enjoy a very you know a slightly tweaked take on a style of beer that I like a lot. And as anyone that has ever listened to this podcast knows, I'm a big stout guy. Uh, kind of my foray into craft beer was because I enjoyed the darker beers and slowly found my way into other things. And so to see something that I like and know so well have that twist put on it with the Belgian style and then even, I mean, even putting raspberry in a stout is already kind of... Uh, a little outside the box, not unheard of, but you know, usually you get more of the chocolatey, the coffee, the vanilla, the that kind of thing. 
more so than fruit. So all of those things combined, I find this to be a very unique beer, very different from what I'm used to trying. And overall, something that I wish I had regular access to, to be quite honest. Any words I try to add to that are just going to be pale comparison to what you just said. (laughs) Very good beer, and I appreciate that we had an opportunity to to, to taste it and enter into not only the name of the uh, brewery again. Forefathers. Forefathers. Yeah, but the the state that they come from. Indiana. That's what I said. Yeah, that is what you said. Um, You know, if you've ever had this beer or... A beer from Forefathers. Let us know. Um, what did you think of Knives Out? Did you think the nod meant something? I'm really trying to develop Ooh, this conspiracy the nod. theory. The nod. Hashtag don't mess with the nod. The nod. Hashtag, the Hashtag nod. don't mess with the nod. Uh, what did? Are you a? Are you a clue person? Are, are, are you a member of the cult of uh, Tim Curry? Uh, what did you think? I mean, you know, what did you think about any of this stuff? Let us know. You can find us on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. As always, Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. Um, you already know that Beer and a Movie Podcast.com is our home base. You can find an episode to listen to this episode and all of our past episodes for free. As I always say, we're a podcast of the people. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe. We know you're going to give us that five star rating. But please leave a written review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see more of in the future. That helps us out a great deal. Subscribing helps you out, helps you stay abreast about new episodes, which come out every Wednesday. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, But until next time, this has been um, Forefathers Brewing. It has been Bombastic Brewing. It has been Knives Out and Clue. And communism was just a red herring. Oh,